Thanks for joining us on the Church of the Lakes podcast, where we inspire life, share life, and give life. Want to learn more about us? Check us out online at cotlakes.com. We'd love to connect with you. Now, let's go to the message. Yeah, I'm going to go there. 
sides. One being, stand firm. Not nobody likes you, but you're right. The other being, and a lot of our younger generation, listen to me young people, because a lot of this, I'll be talking to you on this particular side of it. And that is, we've gotten to the place where we feel like and we believe that if we're going to love someone well, that in the name of love, you must change the Bible to fit the people that you need to love, and that's not true. And I'll say this to you, neither one of those are true. Neither one of those, because there's extremes, extremes king these days. Both extremes are bad. Not just stand firm, tell the truth. But you know what's right. And the other is that I'm just going to be, I'm just going to like compromise and allow anything to be okay because they need to be loved and feel good. Both of those are rooted in the idea that we can love people better than God does. Because that's not how God loves. And those shack teams do it. And we've got to today challenge. I challenge you to challenge your thinking in this particular area. Because you guys asked. So here we go. Because this reality, that, 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 that these are, are, are rooted in the fact that we think that we can love better than God, we put ourselves in God's place. I believe God does both. Well, he stands firm and he loves well. And that's what we're working on. Is instead of being extremists, that we might find ourselves in the middle. Let me show you John 1 and 14. And the Word became flesh. That's Jesus. Who is the Word? The Logos of God. The Word of God becomes flesh. And he dwelt among us. And we have seen his glory. Glory as the Son of the Father, full of what? Grace and, grace and truth. Both. Both. Many of you, if you've been here long enough, you've heard me say this. It's all saying we like to use. The first one is this. Truth without grace is just mean. It's just mean. Let me ask you, does our world need more mean? Does it need any more mean? Does it need any more know-it-alls that win arguments and make big points? But the problem is, is grace without truth is meaningless. Let me ask you this question. Do we need any more meaningless in our culture? Good Lord, there's enough crazy, stupid videos and cats and all kinds of other demonic things, right? Like, you can, you can, you, come on, y'all. Some of you do the thing. You know you can get on social 
next thing you know, it's like an hour and a half later. Like, what just happened? And it was meaningless. It was dumb, mind-numbing. Like, we don't, we don't need more meaning last. What we need is we need truth and grace, which is medicine. Truth and grace is, is medicine. And we've got to get better in this particular area. Galatians 5 and 6. The only thing that counts, stop. If the Bible says the only thing that counts, maybe we should pay attention to what follows after, amen? The only thing that counts is faith. Faith. You know what faith is? That's putting absolute decision on absolute truth. That's a truth statement. Faith. That's a truth statement. Faith expressing itself through what? Love. In other words, it's not enough for me to just have faith and spout truth. The only way our faith counts for anything is if that we express it lovingly. More often than we would like to admit, the church is often erred on the side of truth without love. Which is why I said what I said earlier to somebody who's here and may not be a believer. Because they based, if that's what Christianity is, if it's just being grumpy, I don't think I want that. If it's just being mean, truth without grace, I don't, I don't think I, I, I want that. Let me say it to you this way. We cannot antagonize and influence at the same time. We cannot antagonize and influence at the, at the same time. I heard somebody say it this way recently. I love this. You will never win any of your enemies to Christ, so don't have enemies. That's Jesus, y'all. Come on now. Got real quiet up in here in this Presbyterian church all of a sudden. Because we're probably, probably stepping on a lot of our toes, including mine. Because every single one of us here and every single person watching online finds ourselves leaning to one side or the other. We're either a big truth person. We don't write. This is right. God, why did they get the reaper? People get some common sense, right? Right? I mean, they don't know what you're saying when you say that. Is, if people would just think like me, everything would be fine. And then, and, then, and then on the other side, there's some of you that, that fall and lean towards the gray side, and you kind of have a tendency to excuse things away and say, well, then, yeah, but that's okay. And, you know, we get to be enablers, and we, we, we are codependent with our kids because we give them money to do the things they shouldn't be doing. And right? And, and, and we're somewhere we're in this struggle. Every single one of us sitting here falls to one side or another. We can't have influence with people if none of them like us. So the true side says this. Well, I don't care what people think of me. To that, I would say, well, then you kind of have forgotten your purpose. You see, you're on a rescue mission here to reach and influence those who their thinking has been taken in the wrong direction and they're living in the wrong direction. How can we influence those they don't like us? Now, for truth people, that just makes you feel like, come on. So, come on, Pastor Mike. It's all like ooey-gooey, fluffy stuff you're getting into now. Right, but it's truth, people. We just want truth and right and stand on it. And we've got to be careful and understand it's not going to work that way. Our battle, our battle's not with flesh and blood, right? Our battle's with powers and principalities and strongholds. Strongholds are thoughts, rhetoric, words. That's 
the battle that's going on is the battle of words, right? It's why these repealing solutions who, who we support, you support, goes into the public schools and they teach risk avoidance. Let me translate for you. We used to call it abstinence, right? Like, like we get into the, 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 all the, this, this PC religious talk, but listen to me. Jesus modeled something. He, 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 he modeled. He, he never went at sinners. Never. You can't show it to me. He never got up in a sinner's face and went, you suck. He, he, he never got up in somebody's face and go, well, you're a political party and this or not, you should vote not Trump. He, he never got into, he, if, we, if we had social media back then, he would have never got into a thread going on and on and back and forth with somebody. It's just not who he was. As a matter of fact, the only time he got riled up, you know, know what it was? With the religious people. With the church people. For doing exactly what I'm describing right now. As a matter of fact, there was one time when he said this, you guys are always focused on law and the truth and how wrong everybody around you is. How wrong the culture, government, etc. Instead of being so focused on the law, let me give you a new command. He's sitting there and he's dealing with these religious people. And they're right, the law, there's this, blah, 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 blah. He goes, you know what, let me give you a new command. And I think he's being kind of facetious because I think it's already there. But John 13 and 34, he says, I give you a new command. In other words, hey, how about above and beyond what you're doing right now? I give you a new command. Love one another. As I have loved you, you must, must, you see that word? That's not a suggestion, that's a command. You must love one another. By this, all men will know that you are my disciples. If you what? Love one another. Now, this is right about this time. I always feel a little bit of pushback. Because my truth people are wrestling right now. Right, right, there's probably some of you that are like, yeah, 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 okay, love one another. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, give us something deep. Because I've built all. Give me something deep. I want something deep. You know what they mean by deep? Something deep using that they don't understand. They can get in the car. I don't know. That was good. I'm not sure exactly what it was, but that was good. I, 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 can I say this to you? I, I, I went to school. I, I've studied the Bible. I, I've taken Bible classes. and I can do deep. As a matter of fact, I probably could deep preach this church into about 50 people. That's not why we're here. We're here to try to address the culture and address the people on the rescue mission that we're on. Right? So how about this? You want deep? Here's deep. You ready? Ready? Deep, deep. Love your enemies. Pray for those who persecute you. Let me say it this way. Love the meanie next door. See, what Jesus was saying here was if you want to know more about, uh, <laughs> you want to know more. You, you want to know more. And, 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 and if you've ever been part of a church that's a real word church, we're Bible, Bible, Bible. You've got to learn your Bible. Do Bible trials. Genesis, Exodus, Genesis, Numbers, Deuteronomy, Genesis, Genesis. Right? Like, if you've ever been you're part of a church like that, it's word, 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 word. But we don't talk about the spirit. We don't talk about the experience of God. Can I say something? Maybe it's a little scandalous. The God I've come to know is not a God just to know. He's a God to experience. 
It's experiential. It's a relationship. And he says, he says to these guys, you, you, you don't get it. And then 1 Corinthians 14 and 1, let love be your highest goal. Let love be your highest goal. Check this. But you should also desire special abilities and stomach spiritual gifts. The Spirit gives, especially the ability to prophesy. What's prophecy? It's truth spoken. What is that verse talking about? Grace and truth. Grace and truth. You see it over and over and over in the Scripture. There it is, grace and truth. So let me talk to, to a separation here. We're doing something really, really unique here at Church of Lakes. I am so grateful to just be a part of what Pastor Doug and what Ian are doing in something we're calling Bridge the Gap. Right, where we're trying to take the generations and bring them together to have conversations. For, for a lot of you in the middle, you don't even know what's going on. But our ABF, the, the seniors, have been writing notes to youth group on Sunday night. And then the youth group is writing notes back to them. And it's the coolest stuff. I read one of our teenagers was like, hey, why don't you come up and talk to us on Sunday morning and give us compliments? So that was hilarious. And what's about to happen is the seniors are coming to youth group, and we're going to do what I'm calling speed dating a senior. And we're going to put seniors on one side, and they got a bingo card, and the youth have got a bingo card, and they got to try to find somebody that can fill out, like somebody who wrote, you know, voted for Eisenhower, signed right here. You know, kind of a deal. And, and on the other side, somebody who knows what a filter is on social media. Well, you know, kind of like we're going to do. But the reason we're doing this is because I want you to hear a separation that we're seeing very, very, very clearly. So the, the, the millennials and the Gen Zers, Gen Z is the youngest. We're talking six years old to about 24. Millennials are somewhere in the 24 to 38 range. Okay? So in pretty much kind of say 40, there's a big split. There's a huge split. And that line, that's about where the line where what we've seen is the predominant over 40 leans to the truth side. Right? Truth, 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 truth. Did you come together? Why? Because I said so. Did I ever get it? Because I said so. What you got over here, I need you to hear this very clearly, is we've got a younger generation that is way over here on the grace side because they're so in, on opinion overload that they're having a hard time holding on to truth. Do you know that 72% of Gen Zers believe that truth changes with time and culture? 72%. Now, if we're going to bridge the gap, and if we're going to reach a generation for Christ, guess what we're going to have to do? We're going to have to put some grace with our truth. Are you hearing me? And we're going to figure out, have to figure out how to help this generation get to a place where they put some truth with their grace. Is that, are you following your track with me? Like, that is so important for us to grab this. But let me say this to, to our young people. You're going to lean in today's message. Just, just a minute, I'm going to talk a lot about love. Because more or not, what I'm looking at right now is mostly late 30s and up. So we're going to talk about that side today. But before I get into that side today and, and, and try to push us from truth over a little bit towards the gray side, before I do that, I need to talk to the young people for a second and say this to you. Truth does not change with culture and time. Truth is absolute defined by God before anything was created. God is always the same. Always. The world wants you to think that the ideas are, that, that these ideas are old-fashioned, but 
But you know what's interesting? Nobody ever looks at you and goes, brushing your teeth is going to old fashioned. Now they say, brushing your teeth is healthy. And here's what I would say to you. Listen to me. The truth of God's word and absolute truth is the healthiest way for you to live. That's the whole thing. It's just like brushing your teeth. It doesn't get old. It's just the best way to do it. It's the right way to do it. And if you don't do it that way, you're going to invite chaos into your life. That, that's simply how it's going to work. God's truth may not fit with today's culture, but it is the healthy thing to do to live outside of that which brings chaos into your life. Now, let me talk a little bit. And like I say, younger people, you're going to lean into this today. But I want to talk to us. And I say us because I'm in that, that older group. Church, it's going to be very, very soon that some of those transgenders going to come in and sit down in church. It's going to be very, very soon that people with gender issues and gender dysphoria and all kinds of different things come and sit down right in our midst. And here's the question that I have to ask us. Are we ready to deal with truth with grace? Are we ready to look at someone and say, I love you, and I want you here. But I have to let you know where I stand with what I think God's word says. Can we do that lovingly? I was talking to some people about homelessness here in Leesburg and the struggle that we have with homelessness. And, and, I, and if I'm just honest, you know, like I say, <laughs> transparency, like confession's good for the soul, bad for the reputation. But I'm that guy, y'all. I'm that guy that when I see a person holding the, the, the cardboard, and in my head, I'm like, your legs work, get a job, son. You know what I'm not thinking of? I'm not thinking of the lady I met at Pickleball this week who told me her Sunday's out on the street and living on the street. He's young, healthy, and all, but guess what? He's schizophrenic. We don't look at the mental health issues that are hiding behind that scenario. There's a, there's a guy downtown who's, who's, who's a black guy who dresses very feminine and talks very feminine. I used to interact with him all the time when we were down at the theater. Every time I see him, he sees my gold truck. He, he waves. When I got close enough to have a conversation with him, I went, oh, okay. There were some real mental health issues in that scenario. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you? Like, we're, we're going to have to become the church and the people of God and get our hands dirty. Because just throwing bombs from across the way when we don't know a story is truth without grace, and it comes across me. But what we want to do is just write a check and have somebody else do it. Well, let's just call it what it is. And so it's about God's people saying, I'll give a hand, I'll do the awkward. Will it be awkward? Yes. Will it be uncomfortable? Yes. Does anybody remember the kid vaping in service at the theater? When we were in the Tropic Theater, this kid walks in from Beacon, and I promise you, sat right down in the middle, like right where Robert Keller, right in center, center middle right here. And in the whole time I'm, I'm preaching this sermon, he's vaping, blowing clouds. Like there's dinosaurs forming in there. You know what I mean? Kind of, I was so proud of this church. Nobody said a word. Except, hey, we're really glad you're with us this morning. Right? Like, church, this, this is who we're called to be. So let me walk through because I think it's important for us to remind ourselves. Because we get calloused 
Anybody else, are you honest enough to say you get callous? Like you get mad and you get frustrated and you get your, get your crap together. Right? Or we get callous to this world. We got to remind ourselves who we are and who God's called us to be. So I just want to walk through 1 Corinthians 13. It's a long chapter. But I want to do it using something I found that was done by Pastor Rick Warren of Saddleback. Let me give you a couple notes while we walk through this. The first one is this. Without love, all I say is ineffective. Without love, all I say is completely ineffective. But I'm right. But no one's listening, so you're ineffective. We are in the business of winning hearts, not arguments. Look at 1 Corinthians 13 and 1. If I speak in the tongue of men and of angels, but do not have love, I am only a resounding gong or a clanging cymbal. This is what I really wanted to do this morning. I almost went over to the Mandarin and borrowed some of their cymbals. And I was just going to stand here and just just watch y'all cringe. And then go, please remember that before you hit sin the next time you post something. Please remember that before you go, we are what I think God could do. That's not who Jesus has called us to be. That's, that's not who he was. Like in Ephesians 4 and 15, we will speak the truth in love, growing in every way more and more like Christ. The innuendo there being that as you speak more truth in love, you are growing more like Jesus, which I think is the goal, right? Ephesians 4 and 29, do not use foul or abusive language. Let everything you say be good and, what's the word? It's only helpful if they're listening to you. It's only helpful if they actually trust you. So that your words will be an encouragement to those who hear them. Do you, do you catch that? Listen, can you speak when you don't, when you disagree with someone? Can you still speak in a sense of way that it might encourage them at least to consider your point of view? That's, that's kind of the concept there. You know, keep moving forward. Without love, all I know is, all I know is insignificant. So here's the crazy thing. Knowledge is doubling every two years because of technology. Did you know that? Knowledge, knowledge is doubling every two years. Let me ask you, how's that working out for us? Is that, you think that's making things better? Like, you see things go, or do you see what I see? Mental health issues and depression and fear and anxiety and the stress of what is true and what is not true. Come on, this whole crazy pandemic. Wear a mask, don't wear a mask. No, they should wear three masks. I mean, what's right? Right? Should you get vaccinated? Are you going to get vaccinated? I mean, we can go around the right, right now around the room and get a million different opinions. But here's the point. Can we have this, this dialogue? Can we have this simple discourse without it being disjoining? That's what Jesus calls us to do. We're, your, we're uniters. That's, that's, that's who we're supposed to be. Next one says, not love, all I believe is, is insufficient. Oh, I didn't reach that. First Corinthians 32, sorry. Go back to that. First Corinthians 32. If I have the gift of prophecy, I speak truth all day long. Here's God's truth, here's God's truth, here's God's truth. If I have the gift of prophecy and can fathom all mysteries and all knowledge, but I have not love. Nothing. 
right? Without just is insignificant without love. Imagine without love, all I believe is insufficient. But I say this to you, the devil believes in Jesus. The, the devil believes in Jesus. He knows who he is. He knows what he's all about. Listen to this, listen to this 1 Corinthians 13 and 2. If I have faith that can move mountains, but do not love, I am Without love, all I give is incomplete. First Corinthians 13 and 3, if I give all I possess to the poor and have not love. Right? It's, 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 it's incomplete. Without love, all I accomplish is inadequate. Everything you do is inadequate if it doesn't come with love. Can I say this to you? We will, we, we're all going to have judgment one day. Do you know that? I don't know if y'all seen it in medical research, but 100% of people are dying now. So every single one of us is going to die, and every single one of us is going to go, and we don't have a clue what that looks like. Right? But, but, <laughs> but we're going to get there, and here's what's going to happen first. Here's what the Scripture tells us what's going to happen first. They're going to check a book. There's this book called the book. Uh, the book of the lambs, the book of life, right? And, and, and they're going to check the book, and what they're looking for is your name in the book. In other words, is there a specific time when you accepted Jesus as your Savior and turned your life over to Him? And when that happens, in that specific moment, your name gets written in this book. And they're going to check the book, so I'm going to get up there, and I'm going to step up and go, please dismiss me. No. I'm going to, I'm going to, and they're going to open the book, and they're going to go, Mike Medini, and, and confetti, this is my, this is my truth. Confetti cans are going to go off, right? I'm, I'm going to come through. There's going to be like fried catfish and cheese grits. And on this side, there's a taco bar. This is my truth, I know, right? No, but you're going to go through this first judgment, and you're going to go in. But here's what's going to happen. There's a second judgment. Do you know that? There's a second judgment. And you're going to stand before Jesus. I found something somebody posted this morning. God showed it to me. They posted this morning, and it was exactly this. This is an example of what might be said. You're going to come face-to-face with Jesus one day, and he might say something like this. Listen to these words. Before I laid out the foundation of the earth, I thought of you and the days you would live on earth. I planned out the people and the places I would give you. I laid out your neighborhoods and your workplace and the places you would attend school and your family. I laid out enough days for you to do all the good works that I purposed for you, and I equipped you with all that you would need to accomplish those purposes on earth. I filled you with my spirit to equip you, encourage you, remind you, and lead you. I gave you my word so you would know me and know what to do. I gave you people to run with and people who needed me. Now let's talk about how that went. Let's talk about how we fulfilled the calling. Let's talk about how I look at my neighborhood and my workplace and my, and my family and, and, and this place. So many people that you talk to are, you know, like trying to, trying to get out of Leesburg. Instead of, wait, no, 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 no. Not our deepest. Come on now. I put you in this place for such a time as this. 
and he's gifted you and he's purposed you and there's meaning and there's seniors, you didn't come here to play pickleball. You didn't even come here for the sunshine and the golf. You came here because God has saved you. Placed you in this place for such a time as this. Young people, young person, young couples, you didn't just grow up here. You were assigned here. There's a day, and he's going to say, what did you do? First Corinthians 13 and 3. I give over my body to hardship that I may boast, but I do not have love. I gain nothing. Let me say it to you this way. Since I started with Pascal and Matt, I'll give you an equation. You ready? Like minus love equals zero. Like minus love equals zero. Let me read the rest. First Corinthians 13, 4 and 8. I'll close in just a second. Love is patient. <laughs> you don't like that one, right? You see him in the line. Anybody like seeing him in the line? Anybody like being in the left lane? Love is patient. Love is kind. It does not envy, it does not boast. It is not proud. It does not, now we're talking about this today, it does not dishonor others. It is not self-seeking. It is not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrong. Love does, I, I highlighted that, because love is a verb. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices in the truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. Love never fails. So I want to close with this. I'm going to do this really quick. And Dave, you guys can come on and start to get ready to close this out today. I want to close with a story of somebody that I think is, was, is, is in a similar situation just like ours. It was a dude by the name of Daniel. You ever read the story of Daniel? What happens is they, they, are, they, they beat up the Israelites, they take them off into another world. Like, I want you to imagine right now, what if we were sitting here in church, and all of a sudden here came soldiers with guns and shackled us up, put us in handcuffs, and hauled us off to some other country, maybe some Middle Eastern country. We don't speak the language at first, and, we, and they put us into slavery, and they put us on. I mean, this, this is the scenario that, that, that Daniel was put into. But Daniel did some things, and I think it was because Daniel had this truth and grace thing down. He, he, he had this truth and grace thing. Let, let me show you what I mean. Daniel 6, 1 through 5. It pleased Darius. Darius was the leader at the time of there. It pleased Darius to appoint 120 satraps to rule throughout the kingdom. That's kind of like city commissioners, if you will. Right? So there's going to put city commissioners to rule throughout the kingdom with three administrators over them. That's kind of like a, a mayor, if you will. One of whom was Daniel. The satraps were made accountable to them so that the king might not suffer loss. Now, Daniel, check this out, so distinguished himself. So distinguished himself. Those words are powerful, somebody. He's in a foreign place, in a foreign land, and he never, listen to me, as far as we can tell in the scripture, he never compromised. He never compromised. But he had the ability to be loving and kind and say, but this is what I believe and this is what I'm going to stand on. Without being ugly, he so distinguished himself 
I want the administrators and the satraps by his exceptional qualities. I think that description is true for grace. By his exceptional qualities that the king planned to send him over the whole kingdom. At this time, the administrators and the satraps tried to find grounds for charges against Daniel in his conduct of governmental affairs. Doesn't that sound like politics to that? Like, let's pick up some dirt on somebody else so we can get them out of office, you know, kind of a deal? Guess what? But they were unable to do so, so they could find no corruption in him because he was trustworthy, neither corrupt nor negligent. Finally, these men said, we will never find any basis for charges against the, against this man, Daniel. Say this to me. There's a lot of things we can't control in our world. Would you agree? No, one thing we can do, we can't choose to love. It's a choice. It's not a feeling. Right? It's not a feeling. How many of you know there's plenty of people in your world you don't feel like loving? Anybody? Hey, don't point at them right now, but you know what I'm saying. And it's the call. It's who we're called to be. So let me give you some final thoughts here. Who we're called to be and who Jesus has called us to be. Practical things. You know, you guys know I was trying to do practical things you can put into play right away today or tomorrow or so we give you the quick three thoughts and we'll close. Number one, serve them. Just serve. What did Jesus do? He put a towel on his arm and he washed the disciples' feet. Yes, the germs. Yes, the oh, those people. Already got those people in your life. The answer is to serve them. It'll change your heart and theirs. First Corinthians 9 and 19. Though I am free and belong to no man. This is Paul talking to look, look, I'm free now. And if we said it like this in our world today, I got rights. Right? I'm American, I got rights. Don't you know what I mean? He says. Though I'm free and belong to no man, check this out. I make myself a slave to everyone. To win as many as possible. I was reading through some stories of Jesus interacting, and, and especially complex as I was kind of trying to think through this and prepare for this. And this thought came to me. Jesus always connected before he grew up. I think most of the time what I do when I do it really bad, badly is I correct before I connect. In other words, when you have a when you go to have a conversation with somebody, in whatever medium, maybe in social media, whatever, when you go to have a conversation with somebody, I want you to remember this as an illustration. See, every one of us have a certain amount of relationship. Like when I look around the room, there are different people that I have different relationships with. Right? Like I mean, like the chestnuts here, I've known for years, we were in church together, previous church. Dynamisty, I have 25 years. We've been friends. You know, and there's others of you that I just met today or just in the last couple of weeks. And what you've got to understand is there's a certain bridge of relationship between us. And the strength of that bridge can only carry certain conversations. Are you tracking with me? In other words, you meet somebody for the very first time and you just know them and you start telling them what's wrong with them. 
The reason they can't receive it is you haven't built enough of a bridge to handle the weight of that conversation. Okay? So we serve our way in. That's, that's why church and lunch is church and lunch. Not because Mike's very smart. I'm not. <laughs> you have no idea. Not because our elders are not very, very, not very smart. They're way smarter than me, but they're not that smart. Just kidding. Yeah. Not, not because that's good. It's, it's just why he is smart. That's all. No, why? But, but it is. This is how it is. What it is is we just came here and served. Do you hear me? And we just came here and said, can we put the garbage in? And can we fix this? And can we do this? So you serve your way into people's hearts. You connect. You develop that relationship with them and serve your way to that place. And when you do that, you'll be floored. You'll be floored at the reaction that you get from certain people. I promise you, everything that's happened here and what you see in God's move at this church is all about having just served. I just, just walked in and said, what do you want me to do? I'll get my hands dirty. I'll work with you. So serve them. The people around you this week, those people that disagree with you, those people that are on the other side of the aisle, those people that you're having frustration, those people in your family. That's what Jesus would do. That's pretty true being grace. Number two, set set an example for you. Because again, let me go back to something I said at the very beginning. How many people are not Christians because of the way they saw a Christian act? I try, we drive, we go to the beach, we'll be going to the beach for, seems like a thousand years. Every Friday is beach day on the beach. When we drive through the land on the way back, and on the way back into the land, right in the downtown area, for several, like a couple of years, there was this group standing on the side, and it was, bags go to hell, and, you know, repent, and, you know, this kind of thing. What was kind of interesting was it took about a year, and then all of a sudden there was this older lady who came out, she dyed her hair green, she had a pie-dye dress on, she stands out there with this sign that says, Happy Atheist, No God Needed. And she stands out, and they still, they, this happens, this happens right now. And, I, and every time I drive, my heart drops, my, like, I, I just go, is anybody helping anybody? Like, I don't know, what about the atheist that you got, well, how are we going to sit on that pizza? Just tell me your story. Right? Like, when does the church start to set the example of what it means to do the awkward, to love in the hard places? Matthew 5 and 13, you are the salt of the earth. What does salt do? Makes things better. We're making better where we are. We're making better wherever we go. Yeah, yesterday I had so much fun. Yesterday I played in the cornhole tournament, y'all. And, and we got beat by a grandma and grandpa. They end up winning the whole thing. They won the whole stinking thing, right? But it was so funny because here I was, Pastor Mike, and I'm down at the Pat Thomas Stadium, and everybody else there were these like Lake County Federal boys that might have just drinking 50,000 beers. Pastor Mike! And I laughed, and I just thought, this, this is what it's all about. Like, I want to be right here in the middle with my hands dirty. Are you hearing what I'm saying? And that's who we've got to be. And then we've just got to set an example. Be there with a smile on your face, with love and with kindness. And no, you don't have to drink many beers. You can set an example like Daniel did. You, you 
understand what I'm saying? I'm like, whatever. You know, the salt loses its saltiness. How can it be made salty again? It's no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled by men. You are the light of the world. What does the light do? It makes things brighter, better, and brighter. A city on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl instead. They put it on a stand and it gives light to everyone in the house in the same way. Let your light shine before them. That they may see your good deeds and praise your Father. And I say this to you, the greatest influence that we can have on our world is how we live. Not what we say, but how we live. We can all serve tomorrow. We can all set an example tomorrow. And number three is share Christ with people. Just tell your story. Just tell. I don't get it all. I don't I can't argue I've always shared with you. But let me just tell you what God has done in my life. Let me just tell you, my experience, the greatest tool for reaching people is watching a church. So that's the greatest tool in North America for reaching people is watching a church. But what happens afterwards? I think we become churchy. You know what I mean by that? Next thing you know, we need a policy and procedure manual. Come on. And the next thing you know, we're starting to argue over the colored carpet and how loud the music is. And, 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 and what should be here and there? And are you hearing what I'm saying to you? I'm going to fight that all day long. Can I tell you all that? Could I just tell you as I'm standing up here? Well, I'm going to fight that all day long. Press not to be. Listen, 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 listen. It is not about you. We don't do church for you. If you're here, we're not doing church for you. We're doing church to get opportunity to reach somebody else who hasn't come yet for you. Do you understand? That's got to stay at the forefront of our heart. I'm so grateful for so many of our seniors, but I think that's exactly what you do. I said it before. A bunch of our seniors, our music is not their music. No offense, Marcus, it's really good. But their seniors, they, they would really like to see a hymn, somebody. But you know what? They get the vision and say, you know what? I'll listen to my hymns on my own, but I'm going to come here and be a part of the vision because we're reaching something. Right? Like, better, brighter that we just share Christ, man. How I act is more important than what I say. And let me end with this Romans 5 and 8. God demonstrated his own love for us that while we were sinners, we could get that part. Like at the height of your darkness. Right? That God loved you. So, so, so that's what we're supposed to be doing. At the height of their darkness this week. Right? Yes, we've got a whole truth. Yes, there is no compromise. Yes, we believe some very strong things, and if you come to Lifestyles, you will hear some of the things that we believe that are hard in the past. But what you will also hear is grace, is love. If I had never had the grace that was given to me, you wouldn't have a pastor today. So, church, what would it look like? This week we just started to try that one. Sir, set an example to share Christ. Sir, set an example to share Christ. Sir, set an example to share Christ. Sir, that's this is what we do. This is who we're called to be. And when you do it, you will see transformation of lives. Let me pray for you. What a tough, tough message for us today. It's a little challenging because it sort of pulls at some of us. And, it convicts me. 
and being so truth-based in my life. God, would you help us? We acknowledge we don't know how to do this very well. We either have this anchoring truth tendency or we have this enabling grace tendency. So would you meet each of us where we are today? Would you meet us right here where we are today? Help us to find balance. Jesus, we don't want to be like you. We want to be so much more like you where we're gracious without compromise. Where we're loving while maintaining the standard. So, Holy Spirit, speak to each of us. Heal. Heal our hearts. Heal deliverance today. Strongholds and words and things that have been said or maybe I've even said to myself. God, that I would not be dishonoring of others who are created in your image. God, be gracious and kind. Father, I pray for anybody far from you today. And anybody here, God, who's been hurt because of the way we act. We ask for you to forgive us as the church. in your heart to be heard. Pray those who are those who are sitting at home right now and not been in church for a long time because of some hurt in the church. Oh God, would you give us a chance, one more chance to touch them, one more chance to reach them, one more chance to love them. Thanks for joining us today. We would love to help you on your next steps. Please visit cotlakes.com. Join us weekly as we continue to know God, find freedom, discover purpose, and make a difference in our community.